Welcome to the Fireside Giants podcast by Empire Sports Media. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Fireside Giants. I'm your host, Anthony Rivardo, joined by my co-host, Alex Wilson. And the New York Giants are going to be starting Tommy DeVito in Week 14 on primetime against the Green Bay Packers, even though Tyrod Taylor is returning from injured reserve. Think that's pretty interesting. Brian Dable said... Tommy DeVito earned it. I agree with him. I think it's right for the Giants to play the hot hand, but we do have uh, Tyrod Taylor coming back off of injured reserve. However, Darren Waller, not quite there yet. They went on injured reserve the same week. However, Tyrod Taylor, quicker recovery from the broken ribs that he suffered, and Darren Waller still dealing with some tightness in his hamstring. When will he be back, and what will his impact be when he does return to the Giants, and has he done enough to earn an extended stay in the Big Apple? That's the big question question that we're going to be discussing in today's episode, kind of just discussing what we think of Darren Waller, how he looked on the field, and what we think of his future with the New York Giants, and whether or not he really has one with this team. I will say, we haven't seen him play with Tommy DeVito yet. I hope that he gets back on the field at some point this season so that we can see that. I would love to see Tommy DeVito throw a couple touchdown passes to Darren Waller, but really on the season, Darren Waller one touchdown, pretty disappointing campaign, a lot of injuries throughout the season. What is his future here with this team? That's we're gonna, what we're going to go ahead and discuss in this episode. But before we dive into all that, make sure to leave a like if you do enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. Go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. And check us out. We're going live tonight on the channel. Wednesday, 7 p.m. Going to be me, Ali, another co-host of ours, Will, and maybe a special appearance from Alex, Will. We'll see, but make sure to tune in and talk some New York Giants with us on the live stream. But without further ado, Alex, how are you doing today, my friend? And how are you feeling about the way that Darren Waller's first season with the New York Giants has unfolded? Well, I wish we got more out of him. I'm doing pretty well. You know, Yankees are about to get Juan Soto, so everyone's kind of holding their breath on that right now. A little bit better news than the Giants have to offer these days. But I'll tell you why the Darren Waller situation has been quite interesting. You know, it's unfolded in a rather precarious way, whereas, you know, Waller was seemed to be a pretty big focal point in this offense. He was expected to be that de facto wide receiver one, and instead... Um, the Giants have failed to get him the football, and then he got hurt again. And that hamstring, or rather that groin, it was a hamstring, whatever. He's been injured so many times, I can't tell. Um, it, I think it's the hamstring injury. has been kind of like, like kind of building until now. It was a it was a different injury early on this year, and then he really hurt it. It was like an old injury that re-aggravated. I don't even know. Like, can he be trusted as a player, an impact player for this Giants team in the future. And at this point, I'm inclined to say absolutely not. Uh, Investing in a player of this amount of injury on a three-year $51 million deal would be a huge mistake, in my personal opinion. You take that money, you know, $14, $15 million, and you have open, you have enough uh, like $50, $46 million available. Anyway, you go out and you find yourself another receiver, whether that's Brandon Ayuk, whether that's T. Higgins. I don't know. You know, there's, there's options out there, but those guys are – actual bona fide like top receivers you know they can make an impact and they're healthy for the most part knock on wood um waller is a major liability and i think that right now i'm, I'm ready to move off of that contract and i'll break down the salary implications for you guys so in 2024 
the three-year $51 million deal kicks into play. They have to pay him $14.45 million cap hit next season at 32 years old. He's already injury-prone, and the Giants didn't really maximize him when he was healthy. Um, He has a $7.8 million dead cap hit. In 2025... You have to pay him $15.45 million um, with a 5.9 dead money hit. And then 2026, $17.5 million cap hit with a $4 million dead money hit. So, you know, the dead money isn't crazy, but, you know, if they do keep him, they'll have to keep him for 2024. And then beyond that, they could release him and they would have to eat about $9 million in dead money. It's not the end of the world. You could spread it out. Or they take that out in his contract after this year at $7.8 million. Um, So they're going to have to pay him $7.8 million anyway in dead money. But, you know, if they keep him, they have to pay him an additional 7 mil. So, you know, is he really the question is, is he worth, you know, long term investment? Um, is he worth, you know, having on this roster instead of a WR1? You know, at a certain point, we need offensive line support. We need a pass rusher. We need a cornerback, too. You know, we need a wide receiver support. We have a lot of needs. And $7 million can get you a, a CB2 or at least a, a good portion of the way there. It can get you um, a, a good portion of the way towards something. You know what I mean? And that dead money, that contract you know, that that you would put in his place, essentially, you know, that dead money, that cap hit in the future is detrimental. The Giants just simply can't afford it. He's going to be 34 years old, making $17.5 million um, in 2026. I, I just don't see how that helps us personally. Maybe you have a different opinion. I know you've had you've been in support of Waller in the past in terms of when he was healthy. Um, I know that you were you know you you had an idea that maybe he should be kept in the future. Do you still feel that way, or do you think that maybe because of the injuries recently, you know, you're, you're contemplating the idea of maybe taking that money and investing it elsewhere? I'm a little indifferent at this point. I haven't really made up my mind. I could kind of go either way. If you make a really good argument for getting rid of him, I'll probably lean that way. If you make a really good argument for keeping him, I'll lean that way. Like, I haven't really made up my mind on Darren Waller, and a lot of that is because we just haven't seen enough from him. Like, we don't really know what we have. I mean, you could argue that we do. We have a very good player when healthy who never is healthy, so you're probably getting eight games at maximum out of Darren Waller each season. You probably get a half a season out of Darren Waller. So you're paying a full season salary for him and a pretty hefty one at that for about a half a season, a good tight end play. Now that you could argue is definitely not worth it. However, you do want to bank on the chance that maybe one day he stays healthy. He plays that full season and then you know you're getting elite production from the tight end spot. But there is a great argument to be made about What can you do with that money elsewhere? Who could you pay instead? You know, that could be your contract for Xavier McKinney. That could be your contract or a portion of your contract for whichever receiver you decide to trade for or sign in free agency. And that's the best way to replace his production, right? Because what the New York Giants wanted out of Darren Waller was WR1 production. They were arguably getting that for the first about five weeks of the season before he started getting hampered by those injuries. So you could say that they were getting their money's worth at some point but not throughout the full season, which is the problem. And also getting wide receiver one like production out of the tight end. Let's face it. It's not the same out of getting WR one production out of a wide receiver. There's a big difference, you know, and I think that we kind of talked ourselves into this idea of Darren Waller bought into it over the premise of getting that WR one production, but it's not getting that WR one. The Giants still need that number one wide receiver, whether he's playing in the slot or out wide. They need a receiver 
that's what's going to change the dynamic of their offense and build them something explosive in the future. So whether you're talking about going into free agency or on the trade market and trying your best to land yourself a Brandon Ayuk, a T. Higgins, a Michael Pittman, whoever you think that player might be, that should be the priority over keeping Darren Waller. Now, my other argument here, and I did make this last time we discussed this, Alex, is having Darren Waller as your WR1 production tight end with a WR1, now that's scary offense right there. If the Giants are able to manage a way to grab Michael Pittman Jr. and hold on to Darren Waller, I mean, you're talking about an explosive offense then, right? Like having both of those top receiving threats in your offense, that's what you see from some of the best offenses in the NFL. They don't just have one good receiver. Do the Eagles just have A.J. Brown? No, they also have Devontae Smith. Those are the best offenses in the NFL. The ones that really move have a good receiving option and a great receiving option. So that's really the the direction I think the New York Giants should go in. My fear here is if they decide, let's take this money from Waller and invest it in getting that WR1, then you're just having that WR1 and not enough production from your secondary receiving option. And then your WR1 is getting clogged up by double teams, safety help. You need something to open up that guy, right? Like, you know, you have this elite receiving threat, but who's opening him up? Who's helping him take some pressure off his shoulders so that you don't have to throw to him 15 times per game and wear him down by season's end? So I think it's a nuanced conversation. Again, like I said, I'm pretty indifferent because there's different ways that you can go about it. Additionally, the NFL draft is going to be one of those areas where the Giants have an opportunity to improve at the wide receiver position. I mean, listen, guys. I've kind of been hinting at it for the past few weeks on this uh, channel. This wide receiver class is something that I'm super excited about. In this upcoming NFL draft, you have probably five receivers who could land inside the first round and probably 10 who can land inside the first two to three rounds. Like it is just chalk full of wide receiver talent in this draft class. So if the Giants decide, hey, let's move on from Darren Waller and let's just pair Jalen Hyatt with another explosive receiver, they absolutely can find one in the first three rounds that could serve as at least a WR2 this season and develop into a WR1. So there's many arguments to make here. I will say though, Alex, if I had to say which way I want to lean, I just want to play a little bit of devil's advocate and say, I think Darren Waller keeping him, it's beneficial to this team. It doesn't hurt to have more weapons, right? Like you're just having more players to throw the ball to um, and more players who get open and make plays. Again, you're probably getting a half a season out of Darren Waller, but for that half of a season, you are creating a lot of productivity in your offense and opening things up for other playmakers. Like you can't lie. I mean, like this is a fact. If you have Darren Waller playing on on that inline tight end role and he's running a post and then you have Jalen Hyatt out wide running a go, one of those two guys is breaking open because of the other guy. One of them draws attention away from the other. You don't have that with Daniel Bellinger at the inline tight end spot. You know, he runs that deep post. You're just getting the double team on Jalen Hyatt. But if you have Darren Waller running that role, you don't have the double team on Hyatt and you could probably hit him over the top. So again, I think that there's nothing wrong with having extra pieces in this offense to build around. So I think that I would vote for keeping Darren Waller. Um, the injuries, of course, being the issue and the barrier to doing so. But if you've got Darren Waller in the in in that lineup and you bring in like a rookie quarterback, because we know that the Giants are definitely have some interest in doing that, he's got to step in with some playmakers to throw to. You don't want a Bryce Young situation, right? Like look at what we're seeing in Carolina. Bryce Young has made some really good throws this season, but he has no help. He has a coaching disaster around him. He needs help. 
and that's what I don't want to see happen to a Giants rookie quarterback. I don't want to see him step in with zero help, not have any good playmakers. So if you have a rookie quarterback step in here with the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley in the backfield, Darren Waller at tight end, and a new WR1 that you find in free agency, then that quarterback is stepping into a really good situation and probably has an opportunity to succeed rapidly rather than developing and succeeding down the road. So Again, I, I think that after talking about it, thinking about it, I've talked myself into keeping Darren Waller. So I guess I'm curious, Alex, some of the points that I made, how do you feel about them? You know, like what do, what do you hear that I said that makes you think, okay, maybe on second thought, I could get behind keeping Darren Waller. So the reason that I would consider keeping Darren Waller is that if you're able, if you go and you draft a rookie quarterback, right, and you have that exponential uh, room to work with in the future, I do believe, um, you know, the idea here is that you will have a lot of money in the future and that you can get out of his deal in the second year anyway because the dead money isn't very high. So let's say you keep him in 2024, you add a, a top receiver, um, and then you cut him in 2025. The dead money, you can spend it over the final two years of that contract, um, and it's really only like $4 million in dead money. It's nothing like crazy. It's not going to, uh, you know, break our backs uh, by any means, but I do think, um, you know, there might be better ways to allocate that money. It, here's, here's my counter is that you see what all of these really great young tight ends are doing, these pass-catching tight ends like Trey McBride and Jake Musgrove and a lot of these guys that are being drafted in the second, third rounds um, and how much value teams are getting out of them. And I, and I do feel as though the Giants have a very good blocking tight end in Daniel Bellinger. They haven't used him much as a pass uh, as a as a pass catcher, which I think maybe they could expand a little bit more upon um, with a more fluid passing game. But I do think that there is an idea for the, the Giants to go out here and, and draft a pass-catching first tight end, um, just like Darren Waller. I know Darren Waller is obviously a proven one, but maybe someone that is a little bit young can develop for a year, you know, really, really solid pass catcher, solid hands, can develop his blocking skills, but comes in with that as his strength, whereas Bellager came in as a dominant run blocking tight end and has to develop his passing game. So maybe you go and you draft somebody, save the money, develop them, they're healthy, you know, they stay on the football field, you know that, like, right now with Darren Waller, it's like, when is he going to go down? You know, you have to plan for losing your top weapon, and I think that that's a bad strategy ultimately because when you're, when you're in a position where you have to just assume your guy is going to get hurt and you have to plan for he's going to miss some time at some point what happens if he misses time in like a, a peak part of the season when you need him available when you need him for a postseason run late in the year and he's not available because he got hurt like that's what you're risking and I feel like that may not be a sustainable strategy for the Giants in terms of winning football games however if they can go out and get that other top receiver to pair with him you can kind of supplement that you know you can survive uh, losing Darren Waller if you have another guy. So I guess round my, my rounded out take is if you can add another top receiver to this mix and keep Darren Waller, I'm fine with it. But if it's going to compromise our ability to go get another offensive lineman or go get an, a pass rusher, I think I'm fine letting Waller go, getting a, a receiver in free agency and using that money um, in, in a more comprehensive way to bolster our weaker spots. I would say tight ends, like it's, I would say it's a strength, but it's also a weakness because he's hurt. Um, I'd say that I'd rather I'd rather have that money allocated toward a solid right guard or a solid right tackle um, instead of having it invested at the tight end position because we just haven't been able to leverage it. You know what I mean? Like if the offensive line is better, the entire offense is better. But if the if Darren Waller stays, like yes, the the offense is better, but we can't throw the football anyway, so it's kind of problematic. Um, I I kind of feel like that would be my take right now, but. 
We'll see how the Giants maneuver with their salary cap space. They have a lot of it. If they have a rookie quarterback, they're going to have even more. So, you know, there is going to be some flexibility there. But the three-year, $51 million deal right now, I don't think it's worth it. But I, I definitely am interested to see what you guys think in the comment section. Yeah, definitely want to hear your thoughts on this one. Maybe we'll discuss it even more in the live stream tonight if you all tune in. And I think that, you know, listen, with Darren Waller, supremely talented player, injuries just always seem to get the best of him. But if he does finish the season strong, I think the argument intensifies as to keeping him next season, right? Like if he comes back, I know he's not coming back in week 14, but if he comes back in week 15, plays well in 15, 16, 17, 18, four games there, gives you a full month of healthy and good football from the tight end spot, then I think the Giants are probably going to go into the offseason and think, hey, okay, listen, let's see if we can build around him and keep him in the offense next season. Um, but again, it, it, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens and what unfolds here with Darren Waller. It's a crucial offseason coming up for the New York Giants as we continue to discuss nearly every single day. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces, and of course, we're going to be giving you all of the updates and all of our thoughts and opinions on every move that the New York Giants make right here on Fireside Giants. So make sure to like if you did enjoy this episode. Subscribe to the channel if you are new. Ring the bell so you don't miss an episode. Comment your thoughts on the topics down below in the comment section. If you listen to Apple or Spotify, please make sure to leave us a five-star review and go ahead and follow us on all of our social media channels at Fireside Giants. But without further ado, we will catch you on the next one. Have a good one and let's go Giants.